All right. What's up? Welcome to the last installment of this exciting week of Pandemic episodes. It's your court. It's the court evening show. It's also your court evening show. Anyway, it's presented by Jack and Oscar. No, it's not. It's no. It's I. I said it in a really weird way, but yeah, I said it's Podemic, the Cordy oh, show. Got you. I'm Jack. <laughs> <laughs> he said disgruntled. And I'm Oscar. <laughs> Fucking this great. Is way to ruin the finale. <laughs> I didn't ruin it. You just weren't paying attention. You fucking fucked it. Alright. Want me to go again? No. Alright. Welcome back. It's the Friday edition, but it's still Monday for us. Oscar, how are you doing today? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm actually all right. But, you know, I'm all right not because of the day. I'm all right because of what I'm, what's coming up. Hanging out with you is uh, giving me a little less anxiety from an hour ago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Company makes everything better, you guys. Have mm-hmm. a friend. Mm-hmm. Have three friends. Have... No more than that. No, You're not three allowed. friends is a lot yeah, of friends, come on. honestly. Like, if you got more than three friends, like, with you... That's at least, like... At a time? That's at least, like, 150 bucks you gotta spend at Christmas. Like, you don't need more <laughs> yeah, than three friends. you don't need friends. to be doing that. I wouldn't want to be quarantined with more than three friends. No, definitely not. That would be too I like much. my friends, but not that much. Could you imagine if we did this when we were still living in a house oh, with eight God. people? I, well, that would have been a lot, but I feel like it would have been fun. It would have been fun. I yeah. like my friends. I don't like your friends. That's what I'm saying here. I like my friends, and <laughs> most of your friends are my friends. I was, I I was talking a to you. I was talking to the audience. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes, most of my friends are also your friends. All of them? I think all of my friends are also your friends. I don't have that many friends. Okay. Well, <laughs> there you go. I used to. There was once upon a time where I had like three separate distinct groups of friends, one of which you had no dealings in at all, but... I'm a friend parasite. That, what can I say? Day has passed. Don't bring me around your other friends. I'll be their friend. <laughs> yeah, Jack's the kind of guy you bring over who's like, your friends end up liking more than you. Yeah, and then I start hanging out with your friends without you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sad day when that happens. Yeah. Anyway, this is the thrilling finale of our five-day epic adventure through our Desert Island Records. Today, we're bringing you number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. On each of our records. Or lists. Damn it. I fucked it up. Which, f- forewarning, I could not decide between two records, so <laughs> I'm bringing both of them on a burnt disc CD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's still going to be one. Like, we, we only have, like, a little, like, storage case that can hold five CDs, but uh, Jack managed to smuggle in a six record. Yeah, pretty much. On one CD. <laughs> Um, which begs the question, why didn't he bring ten records? But we didn't know we were going to be stranded on this island. We said five. That's all we had the time for, for records. Yeah. We had to rush to get on the plane that crashed Yeah, on this, <laughs> on this island. Because this is still a lost narrative for me. Because every time we get on planes, I'm like, yo, Oscar, bring five CDs <laughs> just in case it crashes. <laughs> we need one that makes sure you're not sexist, racist. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, gotta tick off all the boxes. Anyway, yeah, we're not going to talk about how we are, because we just did that like an hour ago. Yeah, no, we're great. So just listen to yesterday for that. Yeah. If you're listening to this without having listened to yesterday, you're a rebel, and I like it. I like it. If you're listening to this, if you're listening to this list backwards, you don't know how to enjoy things. You're fucking up. But I respect you. What are you, a person who listened to Damn two years ago, going, oh, if you reverse the record, it's actually still a cohesive piece of art. Fuck off. <laughs> 
<laughs> Until Kendrick actually released it as a collector's edition, quote unquote. Oh, some silly shit that he did there. Silly. Anyway. I'm pretty sure people reacted to it like that first. Like, I'm sure he, like, meant for the album to be, like, released. Yeah. yeah. It just had some, like, reverse audio engineering in it. And mm-hmm. people were like, oh, it's supposed to be loosely reversed. And he was like, well, about a profit off your fucking dumbasses. <laughs> what you gotta? Shouts out to Kendrick Lamar for that. And then, uh, shouts out for, to you for taking that L, all right? <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to him for, shout out to him not being on either of our lists. It's crazy. Real crazy. He was so close. He was very close. Yeah. He, yeah. He, if he, do you know your top ten? Could you name your top ten? I need a little more time for that. Sure. I think I can name my top ten. I'm pretty sure he's on my top ten at least. Yeah, he's definitely in my top ten. But uh, we're we're talking top five here, specifically top one. Top one. Did I? You started last time. Yeah. All right. So I'll give you my top one first. Is there anything else you want to say before I give you my top one? No, dog. Let's get right into it. We've beat around the bush for too many episodes. <laughs> Look, I've beaten around lots of bushes in my life. I'm not even going to respond <laughs> to that. Just... Uh, anyway. Um, my number one. Extremely predictable if you know me very well. Reasonably predictable if you know me a little bit. Possibly predictable if you've paid, paid attention to all the podcast episodes we've ever done. Um, not including Podemic. Do you want to take a guess? Can you guess? What, what year number one yeah, record what my number is? One is? Can I look through your record list real quick? No. Blind. Blind. Does Jack know me at all? Is it a record that you know I'm that I've definitely listened to? I don't think you've ever listened to it all the way through. All the way through? I don't but know if you've ever even listened to it at all, honestly, actually. Then why can't I look at your album list and your Spotify? Because then you're going to know. Because I listen to it very often. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> Is it what was playing on your Spotify literally just as I... No, that'd be crazy. What are you nuts? I'm not nuts. nuts? But, no. Sorry, I said that wrong. Why is suddenly all my knowledge of artists who you're into? <laughs> Can we do like a 20 questions version? Oh God, no. That's going to take like too much time. I'll no, just tell you. No, 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 no. I want to try. Is it a group or a single artist? That's a complicated question. It's technically it's a group now, but it was a single artist for a long time. Was a single artist for a long time. Yeah, like just one dude. Oh shit! Are they rock oriented? Generally, generally. Have they been around for a long time? Yes. Seriously, <laughs> I feel like I know what you're about to say, and I'm gonna be so disappointed. <laughs> All right, go for it. What is it? <laughs> Do you have a guess then? No, but fine. It's uh, All Hail West Texas by the Mongols. Oh, yeah, okay. What did you think I was going to say? <laughs> Never mind. Don't even worry about it. Okay. I want to know. Why would you, wh- what would you have been disappointed with me for? Don't worry about it. I'll tell you afterwards. All right, fine. Well, I'll tell you at the end of the episode. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, yeah, it's All Hail West Texas by the Mongols. Um, this is weird for me because, like, Obviously, like this list of ours. I feel like the Mountain Goods are also recent. Yeah, they were recent. Yeah, they're much more recent obsession. Like my music taste in general has a recency bias to it. Like I don't listen to a lot of old shit in general. Right. Like if it was made before the year two thousand, I probably haven't heard it. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm the opposite. My music taste, like the majority of the shit I listen to, is like I would say before two thousand ten. And yeah. then just yeah. like I do keep up but like not as not as frequently as I used to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you know 
the years like 2005 to 2015, I got down pat. Right, right. <laughs> um, anyway. But yeah, like this list clearly, at least for me, is very much a, an indication of the time that you've happened to catch me on. Like this list would look super different if we were doing this a year ago. I think. Not super different, but quite different for me. Right. At least. But mine is pretty much the same, barring like a record or two. Good for you. <laughs> but I'm a, I change. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Mountain Goats. Like I have liked them. I've actively liked them for like two years. Okay. So like not a long time. But you listen to them all the time. <laughs> but the amount I've listened to them in those two years, especially in the last year, yeah, <laughs> like unreasonable. <laughs> so that being said. Uh, I know that the Mountain Goats are in our our artists that have quite a bountiful discography, mm-hmm. if you would. Mm-hmm. What makes All Hail West Texas beat out the rest of them? A lot of things. Yeah, uh, it's mostly John Darnell. He was like, he was just one dude who called himself the Mountain Goats <laughs> for a long right, time. Right, right. Was now, this record released when he was still doing that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is from two thousand two, five two. 2002, uh, a year in which he released like fucking four albums because he's a maniac. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this one specifically, I mean, kind of like the reason I liked uh, Metallica. I said like Metallica was one of my first like bands in general. Right. This was All Hell West Texas was my first Mountain Goats record for sure. So you know you you gotta pay respect to your firsts, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um. The reason, ultimately, honestly, that I got into the Mountain Goats was because of a uh, friend of the pod, Sam, friend of ours. We love Sam. Yes. Sam, we love you. <laughs> Remember back in the presented days where you and him argued about the shape of water for like an hour? I do, because his opinion is wrong. That yeah. movie is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that discourse actually started up again recently for some reason on Twitter. I saw people arguing about the shape of water. Anyway. Good movie. Uh, Sam used to play a few songs from all hell west texas most notably jenny and uh the best ever death metal band out of denton that's one of those the the songs about hoping that you die (laughs) that's a different uh that's a different album it's a different album yeah somebody did that at karaoke once and i was like why do i know the lyrics to these songs i was like you mean me no oh really because i did that song at the karaoke too no oh i'm sure you did but no like there was a night where i went to cajuns sure and it was like packed and like somebody did that song and nobody knew what that song was but for some reason i was like why do i know the majority of the words to this song <laughs> then, like i thought about it i was like yeah. this is fucking will sam and oscar just fucking <laughs> just rubbing off in your brain uh deep deep in your brain yeah shout out to will too yeah he, he contributed to that a lot as well yeah that's um that's no children uh from the album tallahassee mm. is he um, another person who does a lot of records about places yes yeah, he he has got he's got a lot of motifs throughout his work. Regular Suvian Stevens, <laughs> he loves his places. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I started listening to this record because of Sam. He would play various songs in his car because he would he would do like he would make like CDs because his car didn't have either an aux cord or a or a yeah it made a little mixtape. So he had to use CDs specifically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he would make various mixtapes for himself or get them from friends, and there was always some Mountain Goats on there, and a lot of it was from All Hell West Texas. So like there was just a year. You know, when we all lived together, where I was just like, every time I was in the car with Sam, I was like, so who is this again? Yeah, And for it, was, sure. it was always the Mountain Goats. So eventually I was like, I guess I should start listening to myself. 
Uh, Which so you did. I started with All Hail. And they have a lot of records that are all incredible. And I've learned so much about John Darnielle as a person and an artist and all that sense. But ultimately, All Hail West Texas still holds a very special place in my heart. Now more so, honestly, now more so. Because I got to share it with someone very important with me. And they also fell in love with it. Uh-huh. Um, and now it's like various songs on it are like... So it's very lame. Art imitating like, they're life. Like, kind of. They're like, no. <laughs> what I'm getting is like, there's one song in particular, and then a few songs that are like our songs. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. On the record. You sure. Know, I, don't, a, I don't like that phrase. I fucking hate it's romance too, it's right too now. Lame. Whatever. It's sure. Too lame. Yeah. No. Sure. Get over it. Hey, look. I was very sad for a long time. <laughs> but I'm I'm back. We're back, baby. Um. And fuck everyone and fuck their love. <laughs> Shout out to Sam Lloyd. Do you remember one of my favorite? Everyone wants to have a fucking relationship while Jack's lonely. <laughs> you remember one of my favorite quotes from uh, Ted and Scrubs? What? He, I don't remember what prompts it, but he just uh, is like asked, like, why are you yelling at the old people? And he just responds back, like, why should they be happy? That's how I feel right now. Um, all the old couples. Yeah, he's like throwing rocks at old couples or something. R.I.P. We yeah. love you. Rip Sam Lloyd. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, like, it's it has become elevated to a point where I really never expected it to where some of the songs like just they, they, they connect me to this person heart, because yeah. yeah I'm like they they still connect me to Sam you know because he's one of my BFFs yeah. outside of you it's okay I have other friends <laughs> um, and also just like each song on the record is so good <laughs> there's not a single dud on it there's not like a hit really you know it's not like the kind of thing that you listen to because you want to like get hyper because you want to listen to something that makes you happy right. or because you like something that uh like just sounds fun to listen to but they're just all really good songs yeah for sure oh. I, I mean on the note of all that like also i definitely do get the relationship things there are definitely artists that i listen to way less now just because every time i listen to them like can't help but associate it with a relationship and just yeah like, <laughs> yeah um, there's a couple albums that actually are in my top 10 that are albums that I still love a lot, but that album are albums that I recognize that are tied to a relationship. Yeah. Um, but I still like them. Uh, but yeah, All Hail West Texas. It's uh, kind of a concept album in a very loose way, uh, where it's literally an album devoted to West Texas. To West Texas. Yeah, like literally. Um, Did he live there? I think so. I actually don't know. He's lived all over the place. I would imagine. But John Darnielle, the artist who is mainly comprises, who mainly comprises the Mountain Goats, who sings and records and what's the word? Writes all the songs. Is a prime example of the type of artist that I really like. (coughs) Pause for Jack dying. Go for it. Oh yeah, I don't like how that smelled. That smelled bad. What did you do? Just get too hot? It's out of liquid. So I just uh, okay, yeah, you just fucking huff smoke. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I can smell it, yeah, that's weird. I'll be back in two seconds. Sure, oh, okay. Hurt. We'll hold. We'll hold. Alright, keep going. Keep going, keep going. <clears throat> Where was I? Oh. John Darnielle is one of those artists who I really love who doesn't speak from his own perspective in every song. 
Right. He is like a master of empathy and speaks from wildly different perspectives in every song. Like he's a he's a storyteller first and foremost, really, with his with his songs where he's telling you like someone else's story through his own voice and he's singing from the perspective of someone else in his song. He's um, a regular old Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. So like uh, the um, album cover for All Hell West Texas is very simple. It's literally just all white. It says the Mountain Goats All Hell West Texas at the top and at the bottom it says 14 songs about 7 people, 2 houses, a motorcycle, and a locked treatment facility for adolescent boys. <laughs> yeah. So it tells you like what these songs these songs are like from a pers- pers- specific perspective, which is these people. Um, and the seven people is pretty loose. It's somewhere between seven and nine, honestly. <laughs> but um, it's it's incredible the different like imagery and stories and uh, like people's lives that he tells you about. Like the first song, yeah, the best ever death metal band out of ten is about these two guys named Jeff and Cyrus mm-hmm. who were just like two high school kids who started a death, a death metal band and were told by everyone around them that they can't do that, that they shouldn't do that. They were shamed it out of it. Um, and it's about how, you know, you can't... When you tell someone not to do something is when they really get inspired to do it. Right. Uh, so it's like a story told from their perspective. And then... The second song, the fall of the what are they, fall of the star high school running back, is a song about this guy named William Staniforth Donahue, <laughs> who was a uh, high school you know football player who uh, hurt his knee, and then because he stopped playing football, he sort of got into a, a weird crowd and ended up selling LSD to all of his friends, and that got him in jail for a very long time, just ruined his life. Whoa. Um, and it's just told from his perspective and then there's the song Jenny which is about Jenny who's this like amazing beautiful woman who travels the country on a motorcycle and just is like kind of like he, she's like a, a, a character that you see in a lot of his songs like she just appears in theoretically like his life John Darnell's life um, and this is like the story about her um, there's the mess inside and several other songs on this album which are about a couple who is really like should not be together anymore right um and it's about a lot of things but mainly especially that one the mess inside is about how you can do whatever you want you can go wherever you want you can try whatever you want to fix a relationship um but ultimately it's the mess inside that you have to fix to fix the relationship there's no like crazy vacation you can take to yeah. fix something that is just not working <laughs> right for sure um and that's like a the, it's it's what he calls the geographic solution uh to a relationship which just doesn't work uh which a lot of people try that he talks about in a lot of songs uh on this record and others um and then throughout this entire record he's like name dropping various places in texas giving like odes to places in texas uh, talking about how beautiful West Texas is, you know, and in just a, a very wide scope. Um, one of the most interesting songs on, on it, I think, is a song called Blues in Dallas. I think it's, oh shit, I actually don't remember which one. It might be Jeff Kent, Jeff Davis County Blues, but I'm pretty sure it's Blues in Dallas, where he 
spends the entire song giving you a um like a trip he takes like he maps out a trip he takes throughout the west texas highways Hmm. like he tells you like he's turning on this side and taking this exit and going up to this place right and then throughout it he's mentioning like that he's just got out of jail and is sad and is like in a travel lodge just hanging out while wishing that he was home it's like just a sad story about a guy who's just driving throughout west texas because he has nothing to do nowhere to be no one to go to Hmm. um if it's not clear like every single song on this record is extremely sad yeah <laughs> john Darnell does does the does the sad ballad better than anyone else especially when it's just him and the guitar and then the last thing i'll say about this record because it's another record i could talk about for a very long time yeah is that he this is back in the day it's 2002 where he was recording all of his records on a panasonic boombox interesting like the, he, this where there was no studio or anything involved it was just him his guitar and this Panasonic Panasonic bleh, Panasonic boombox that he was standing in front of that he would record into, and then he would take that deck, that tape, and like bring it to someone to like mix and master it. So th- these songs have like a very distinct sound, and like the very beginning and end of every song has like a very distinct whine that is the tape starting and, and stopping. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so you can hear it in every song, um, and it, it's very cool gives like a very fun like lo-fi aesthetic yeah. to it um that's like not even necessarily intentional <laughs> it's, right. just, it's, it's just how, how he was. used to do it yeah it's just how he used to do it um and it's it's just awesome like the aesthetically musically sonically lyrically the the album is just fucking perfect as far as i'm concerned <laughs> hell yeah and i love it so much and it's heightened by all of the people in my life that it now reminds me of so it's it's my number one. I could listen to it all day, every day, happily. Is there a song that reminds you of me? <laughs> um, it would be weird to say the fall of the star high school high school star running back, the one that's about the guy who <laughs> sold LSD and then went to jail. <laughs> Is that does it remind you of no, me? I'm what? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not really. But there can be if you want. But if you'd like there to be. No, I'm okay. Okay. I want it to be organic. I want you to listen to a song and be like, huh, yeah, Jack. <laughs> They're all very sad songs. So I don't know if you'd want me to want any of them to remind me of you. I think that's why I'm happy with that. Sure, sure. There is one, sorry, one more thing. There's one song at the very end, uh, the very last song of the album before the bonus tracks, which are also all great. It's called Absolute Lithops Effect. Um, it's actually like an optimistic song, like a purely optimistic song. Yeah. Um, uh, back a couple months ago when I did get broken up with um, when I was started starting to get out of my like phase uh, funk. the funk yeah a stage of it where I just like didn't want to do anything um, that song was one that actually helped me sort of lift out of that because it um, mentions you know like it mentions like putting yourself back together and still being like solitary and in your own room essentially but still blooming while you're in that room, while you're in yeah. that small space. It's a great quarantine song, too, honestly. Huh. Anyway, I have a lot of things I could say about it, but that's that's what I'll that's what I'll say for now. Have all Hell West Texas by the Mountain Goats. And the Mountain Goats in general are so worth it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. What about your number one? So mine are split, so I'll try to be as brief as possible about both. Uh which I think the easy thing about 
me telling you my number one is odds are you've listened to these records because uh, they're both very popular records and so it's a split between Are you here Oscar? I'm here I'm okay. here I'm not okay. texting what's up <laughs> so it's a split between two records which are both pretty popular records uh, sure. but they just kind of both came at me in the same time in my life uh-huh uh which it is blonde by frank ocean ah. and congratulations by mgmt ah. sure 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 yeah. i can see how you couldn't have picked because <laughs> i both i love them both so much i was uh, definitely i was expecting congratulations at the top i wasn't sure what the other one was gonna be yeah no i really love but blonde, blonde. yeah makes sense yeah, yeah but just to get through it real quick uh congratulations amazing record i it's funny the best way i've always been able to describe it is it's got this like 70s psych rock aesthetic to it which also is kind of like a scooby-doo yes. <laughs> aesthetic yeah it feels like a scooby-doo soundtrack uh in the in whole the record possible yeah and like the record is <laughs> essentially about the band themselves trying to figure out what to do because they never expected to be popular mm-hmm. like so this is like like as a sophomore record it's literally their reaction to their own popularity yeah because to uh oracular spectacular oracular spectacular thank you because when they came out with that record they did not expect it to be a hit they literally just put it out with the intention of having music made yeah and it blew up and hella especially kids it like put a lot of pressure on them as a band that they didn't expect yeah the sophomore album is a yeah, that's a, no, that's a exactly. big deal. Yeah, when your first one's a hit, yeah, that's a huge deal. <laughs> and so, like, I know, reading into it, they talked a lot about how when they put it out, it is a record that is meant to be listened to as a whole cohesive piece. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful for that, for sure. Yeah, definitely. The first song about drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Next song is about Dan Tracy, who's like a punk vocalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about him, like trying to put his past behind him. And, like, kind of, like, dealing with, like, his, uh, I guess, punk emotions. Sure, sure. Uh, a few of the songs are about drugs. Uh, Flash Delirium's about kind of, like, coming up in the social media age and trying to figure out what to believe and what not to believe. Mm-hmm. Siberian Breaks is one of my favorite songs ever because <laughs> if you can put out a 12-minute sure. song that just, like, forces me to listen to you throughout the entire time. Yeah. Siberian Breaks is a fucking masterpiece. For yeah, sure. no, it's so fucking good. And that's the thing. Like, these are two records that, in my heart, I would actually describe as perfect records. You know what mm. I mean? Okay, okay. I got some thoughts about Blonde, but we'll, we'll get there. I mean, yeah, true. But, like, even then, like, it's just such a powerful record. Yeah. Uh, Brian Eno. It's about uh, Brian Eno. Brian I love it, Eno. I love it so it's much. It's literally yeah. just about, like... It's literally just, like, a fucking ode to Brian Eno. And, like, it's, like, funny, because, like, the whole idea behind the song is them being, like, how the fuck do you never have, like a writer's block or creative yeah. like fucking stunt you know yeah, it's like the chorus is fucking like brian you know what does he know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which i love and then of course like the titular track congratulations mm-hmm. which is also Amazing. the final track which i love yeah no uh, it's a very short record i think all in all it's roughly i'm gonna say like 40 minutes at most like siberian yeah, it's like, breaks it's like almost 40 flat and siberian breaks is almost half of that <laughs> yeah no it's like a full fourth but still Shit, yes yeah uh, let's find out exactly how much it is. It is 43 minutes. Wow, look at me with the big brain. <laughs> look at the big brain on Jack. Wow. 
But yeah, it's a and it, quote. it was a record that I didn't ever expect to fall in love with because I had sure, sure. heard it maybe mm-hmm. once or twice or songs off of it and never really thought about it much. But I literally got stuck with it for a summer because mm-hmm. I had to borrow my brother's car. For oh, summer. yeah. <laughs> and he was like that CD in like this like it was like a the roots greatest hit cd and uh-huh. like a foster the people cd uh-huh. and like the other two were good but for some reason i just kept on coming back to this record and the more i listened to it the more i realized why i love it mm-hmm. and it's yeah shouts to john shouts out to my brother john and like i don't know a lot of the big themes in the song also have to do with just like how to avoid feeling complacent in life mm-hmm. which is you know a recurring theme in life in general yeah, yeah. especially at the time that i was listening to it sure, so sure. you know um does this record have like an overarching message that really connects with you i mean um so i mean for me in particular i would say so far as an overarching message goes yes and no like because the thing is like it is a very like it was a record written by them specifically about themselves Mm -hmm. but a lot of the like i don't know i guess one recurring idea is just like feeling complacent a as a person and b as like an artist Mm -hmm. and so like there's a lot of just talks about like what do you do when you feel like you have nowhere to go Mm -hmm. and so i mean i think in that respect yeah like i think whenever i listen to the record it is partially an empathetic experience just because like a lot of yeah like a lot of the recurring theme of the album is just like being a person who's lost and you're like where the fuck do i go from here Mm-hmm. and i guess a lot of the record for me listening to it because it's also a record that i've listened to all the way through at this point dozens of times yeah um i will admit wholly because of you <laughs> yeah for this one i will admit wholly because of you um a lot of points feel very like psychedelic <laughs> in a way that i don't generally like try to uh I don't, like that's not the kind of music i generally gravitate towards but like I feel like they do it in such a such a masterful way that it's hard hard not to love it. Mm-hmm. But there are some like really weird moments on the record. Yeah, for like sure. like the ends of like Dada's uh, Nightmare. Dada's Nightmare, yeah, where it just like yeah. falls apart. Like, do you think that's part of the reason you like it so much? Because it just veers into such a weird direction every now and again. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. I found a whistle is a song that I love a lot, and I don't really, I still don't really understand what it's about, but I like it. Right, right. Yeah, no, definitely. Um. I mean, which once again, like when it comes down to records, vibes, but, uh, no, I mean, I think the reason why I like the more experimental moments on that record, like say for instance, one of my favorite moments throughout the record is like the part in Siberian breaks where you think the song's drifting off to an end mm-hmm. and then like it starts back it just just like, really back abruptly. Up, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, I think a lot of that comes from, I guess, uh, Actually, I think, like, a point of my music taste that, like, kind of draws back, like, further, because, like, my father was really into music from, like, the 60s and 70s. Music? Music, music (laughs) from, like, the 60s and 70s. And, like, very similarly, like, a lot of the experimental moments that they had back then, you know, like, for, like, a lot of music from the 60s and 70s is really, like, tight and, like, produced, Mm because, you know, back in the day couldn't really be that experimental mm-hmm. but uh say like for instance like the ending of lady dada's nightmare reminds me and this isn't even like one of the bands that like i really listened to a lot when i was younger but 
uh, I always think of like a day in the life by the Beatles where sure. like it's like silence for a moment and then it's just like that really fucking creepy like little bit that they add at the end mm-hmm. and it always reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I would definitely say the strangeness has a lot to mm-hmm. do with why. That's that's it. a lot of the reason I fell in love with it because it's so weird and I love weird stuff like yeah, that. especially like the like think about the beast they're describing at the end of Flash Delirium. Yeah, it's so fucking yeah. strange, but. And like even the, the the title, not the title track, the opening track, uh, it's working. Yeah, like they're just saying like it's working now. And I'm like, what's working now? <laughs> it's about drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eventually you get it, but just listen to me. Like, what is this about? What's going on? But I'm into it. I think. Um. Anyway, but that's the thing I like about it is like, because you know, like I think also like not only is it a record about them as artists dealing with the changing times, but like also like. Like a big point of Flash Delirium is just like them being like, you know, we're growing up now in this like social networking age that is like a culture that is growing so rapidly uh-huh. and like it affects your perception entirely. And you're trying to figure out what to believe and what not to believe. I think it kind of paints the world we're living in now really as something a little bit, uh, I would say, a little dystopic and scary mm-hmm. and like kind of yeah. feeding into that like scooby-doo yeah. vibe yeah you know like thing, like our reality was the guy under the monster mask the entire time yeah you know? yeah and I, I think i do like maybe intentionally maybe unintentionally they also sort of because of the way the songs sound pretty similar they sort of relate the feeling of like falling into social media to the feeling of falling into drugs which is neat right yeah exactly yeah. you were so like out of your own control yeah yeah it's something that takes you over good stuff love that record to death for sure now we gotta talk about Blonde now we gotta talk about Blonde which Blonde probably one of the most I don't even know what to say like it's not overrated obviously it's not but it's like the most like it's one of the most important maybe like most influential most talked about yeah so like single single most definitely most anticipated yeah just one of the most the single most important records of the last decade for sure which just to start off why i love the record so much is because it's like it's not necessarily a concept record the way i listen to it and whenever i listen to it the way i've always seen it is just kind of like vignettes of a bunch of relationships because mm-hmm. yeah. yeah basically like, yeah you know obviously nike's and fucking ivy are very like directly about relationship dynamics mm-hmm. pink and white's about like the complacency of life and the similar idea of just like you know this is uh about me like dealing with that mm-hmm. uh and yeah no like even like the fucking be yourself interlude which i know you hate i hate it so much yeah but like it's also like that's the thing that's why i love it so much is like just, the point you're supposed to hate it yeah I just, it just reminds you of being to told it, yeah. by a parent all these things that they yeah, don't I want you to do to it. that you know you're gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like the irony in the phrase and like her saying to you, be yourself, when she's telling you to do all of the to not do all of these things that you might consider to be yourself. Yourself, yeah. Uh and you know just so many good moments. Like good guy, obviously, about like Frank Ocean encountering his first or not even his first, but like just like a first instance of like being openly gay with himself and mm-hmm, just like, mm-hmm. you know. Uh 
self-control which is very obviously about like a love that can't happen but you still feeling very affectionately for that person yeah for sure and like despite the fact that you know you probably can't slash shouldn't be you know you want that person you still feel that love for them yeah but yeah like that's you've probably listened to this record you've absolutely listened to this record record. i mean some of the highlights are me if i may Uh obviously nights you know with 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 the beat switch in the middle like, yeah. like perfectly in the middle of the song one of the highlights of like it's like one of the music highlights of the last decade oh yeah <laughs> that switch up in nights which that song especially like the ending where it's just like it's funny because it's like the ending is essentially just this feeling that we've all had in relationships whether they be casual or committed which is just like I've been working. Can I just come over to dick you down? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, it, yeah, it's very relatable. Yeah, yeah. A lot, yeah, a lot of the the way he talks about all of that in that song is very great. I love the second half of that song so much more too because he he gives like his life he gives his life story right extremely briefly, briefly. Yeah, and I love that. Like he acknowledges like like he's from New Orleans. He lived here for a while. Then Katrina happened, so he went to Houston. Yeah. And then he spent his entire time in Houston trying to figure out a way to get out of Houston. And that's why he ended up in L.A. as a singer. <laughs> and, like, I think, th- like, the especially with that song, like, the idea kind of being, like, I'm just somebody who works all the time. I've been working my whole life. My life has been nothing but me just fucking. And me just trying to figure out a way it. to get out of this. Yeah. Which is obviously 100% one of the most relatable feelings to any young person. Even the line about the mattress yeah i love that so much yeah which is like pretty much being like yeah i fucked you so i could get out of there mm-hmm. yeah just so i could have somewhere to be yeah uh and then also for me solo and the reprise i love to death <laughs> which the reprise is just amazing because i feel like the reprise if anything is just like a break because mm-hmm. yeah, it's it just is, like because sure. like i said like the majority of the record is like a vignette of all these relationships which like who knows like some of them are probably about the same person but like it's crazy because like there's probably not even a single song that you could listen to that even if it's not about the same person you could feel for probably a person mm-hmm. or two and several of them it's hard to place what gender he's talking about too yeah which is great and then but i actually didn't want to talk about the reprise you gotta I, talk about the reprise i, I love, love the reprise because it's just fucking andre 3000 talking about how disappointed he is in rappers yeah. nowadays yeah just nothing to do with the album at all no just andre being like oh i guess i was working too hard apparently yeah which i think is funny because like very obviously like this um has a lot to do with i guess frank reflecting our relationships and then it's like all right now andre use the spotlight for whatever you want he's just <laughs> like oh, i've been out the scene for a minute so let me tell you guys how you guys are fucking up yeah yeah it's like oh i see i see how y'all are doing it um it's like a it's like one minute one solid minute of just andre going off and it's so good um i have it memorized it's so hard to rap along with but I, I could probably I can do like 90% of it before the very end where he just goes so fucking fast it's one of those things where I think if you played the song and I were to go along with it I could do it but yeah. like just doing it off the head I could not yeah like, I can do most of it off the off the cuff because it's just fun but yeah. <laughs> I have two I have two main problems with Blonde what's that if I may one is both of the skits not skits the, the interludes the non-song interludes I don't like either of them um, Facebook, Facebook story as well in addition yourself. to be yourself yeah I just they don't they don't really add anything to me I get why they're there but I skip over them every time <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong but I, don't I like, like them. be yourself because be yourself immediately transitions into solo which 
is literally it's a, it's a, a good yeah. like a song that involves the dynamic of you being a person who's in a relationship with someone who most likely is in that relationship with you because they want your drugs <laughs> like yeah and like yeah it's just like the entire opposite of what the morality of the mom be yourself mm, is saying yeah uh and then facebook story i think i just like i always listen to whenever i'm listening to the record all the way through mm-hmm. which i like facebook story like of course i'm not like yo i need some music just to get me through my day let me bump facebook story <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but when i'm listening to the record i do like listening to it because i think it's uh very relevant you mm-hmm. know what i mean like social media it definitely adds a dynamic to relationships that people hadn't had to deal with before and yeah, it, it's indicative of a very specific time, I think, too. Like, yeah, like when like Facebook was coming out. middling time, yeah, where it wasn't like fully established. Because that's not the kind of thing I think anyone would do but these days. But I think it's still interesting because it's true. Like, now it is just a thing that matters of somebody's perception of you online is somehow, like, now mm. very relevant to, like, how they feel about you, despite the fact that they know who you are in person. Yeah. Yeah. It, I get why they're there. I just don't like them. <laughs> and I don't like listening to them. I like them. Um, uh, and then, oh, I have one more problem too. Um, I don't love the way the album ends. I, it sort of trails off to me in a way that I don't like. I like the trail off, but <laughs> I, I understand why you don't. Like, I like, get it. It's like, like Siegfried, the Futura Free. Like a lot of that, I mean, this, this just doesn't doesn't really do much for me. I like Godspeed a lot. I personally, for me, I think I think a lot of the reason why maybe those songs don't hit as much is because i feel like those are songs that like frank made just a vent yeah because a lot of like futura free is him literally talking about his fans idolization of him Mm -hmm. and how he like does not want to be that like which i like i totally get why you don't want that or you wouldn't like it but uh i don't know i like it because it's just kind of like a like the whole record is a like I said, I've been out of relationships and like the last few songs are kind of him just being like, cool. And now here it's time for me to talk about my relationship with my fans because they've had so many expectations for me since I've been gone. Yeah. And like pretty plainly, like Frank Ocean kind of got elevated to like, especially after Channel Orange, just got like elevated to this level of artist that people wanted in like the 27 club like he's gonna be that fucking great and he's like yeah. dude i don't want to fucking, fucking die, die. Like, yeah <laughs> yeah that's real um and so that's why i love it it's just like i don't know uh in getting back to actually this brings me back to mgmt a lot of reason or like there's like a lot of artists who i love because they don't make music for anybody else but themselves yeah which like i guess on that note is kind of like kind of brings these two records together just because that's true that's that's real yeah, mgmt actually. has publicly spoken about the fact that they were like we never wanted to be famous mm-hmm. we literally put out these records thinking that maybe our friends will listen and maybe mm. people at our college i mean yeah the, and the now we've been thrust into this like title track of that album is literally about that yeah like we're, we're not doing this for the congratulations right right it's the irony of it yeah exactly and like i think the especially for tour free ends on this note of like it ends with like playback of like Frank Ocean hanging out with his friends. Yeah. And the thing was like Frank when he put out Channel Orange was just kind of part of like the odd future group and was like literally just like, Yeah, me and my friends are like making music together and like you know, like I get I get it. Like it's him expressing this like 
that was never my intention to blow up like this. Like this was just me like doing my part and us like having fun and like getting creative as kids. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny too, thinking about the fact that Blonde probably elevated him so much more. more yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the the worship of Frank Ocean is so weird to think about. Like hundred percent it's deserved. Like he's just is that much of an artist, I think. I don't know. Is he perceived as such an artist and so aloof just because he says so little, you know? I don't think so. Or is he just genuinely I think that a, great? a lot of his hype came independently of himself. Like, he never... Like, when he put out Channel Orange, he never, like... He wasn't known for being aloof. Like, people knew who he was because he was featured all the time in Odd Future. Yeah. And I think a lot of the hype came independently of him because, like, it kind of swept everyone off their feet. It's like, a lot of people love Nostalgia Ultra, but, like... Channel Orange was definitely like a defining record for him, mm-hmm. and like, I, so once again going back to like MGMT and this narrative, this is something I've talked with you about before. But one thing that I thought was interesting was like they get harassed a lot about the fact that a lot of people don't like their live performances. Sure, and it's just like funny because it was just like they're like they had an interview I think with Rolling Stone a long time ago, and like they brought it up. They were like, you know, a lot of people. Crit- criticize you for like having lackluster live performances how do you address that and they were like we never planned to play these live yeah. we, like, that was not an intention at all yeah and so i think similarly with frank ocean he put out channel orange and i don't think he ever anticipated it being received as well as it was mm-hmm. like kind of ushering him into this like echelon of artists that is like so like man they're kind of uh, a cryptid or something like yeah he, you know we don't know what they're like at all like i think that was him like trying to preserve his private life he's like i just don't want yeah I never wanted that much fame in the first place. Because he could be, I guess not in the current state of the world, but he could be like a stadium artist. Yeah, definitely. If he wanted to be. He could be like doing fucking uh, half the year, every year if he wanted to, but he doesn't. He doesn't want it. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, the fact that he sticks to the, that, like, I'm sure he's been pressured into it by all sorts of people. Yeah. Who know how much money there is in it, but the fact right. that he still doesn't do it. I don't know. Maybe that just makes people respect him even more. <laughs> I would say, I mean, for me personally, I would understand either facet, but like uh, me as a creative, if I think I have too much anxiety for a certain level of popularity, like I could totally see like if I ever, which like, you know, cross my heart, hope to die, who knows, put out any sort of project that receives that much popularity. I don't think I would want to like, yeah, that's tough. I could not imagine not having a private life. Yeah. 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 It's real. I hope he's doing well in quarantine. I hope he's probably thriving. He's probably thriving. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably having a great time. Um, but yeah, this turned into a quite a long episode, but I guess that makes sense for our number ones. We had a lot to talk about. All right, Oscar, drop your top five Brockhampton records. Give us your order. <laughs> sure. They only have five, right? I'm not missing anything. Uh, they have their first one. What's their first one? Uh, American Trash. All American Trash. Oh, right. True, yeah. But, I've, only, I mean, I've only ever listened to that one like once or twice. Yeah, same. So it's <laughs> definitely number six. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, for me, it's easy. Um, Ginger at the top. Really? I like Ginger more than anything else, yeah, because it speaks Oof. to me. Okay, fair. You know, I like the sad shit. Yeah. They get sad. I love when my boys get sad. Um, then, like, it's, it's really hard for me, but I, I think I do like... I think I do honestly like three more than two. Okay. That's you know? fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very close, but uh, 
like it's just starts so strong and stays strong throughout and like i feel like they like finally not finally um i feel like they like really understood what they were trying to do with the saturation albums in three and they just did it 100 percent. so it goes three two one <laughs> okay so yeah ginger set three two one uh then, and iridescence. then iridescence which you know it's iridescence is fine i i don't hate it like all of these exist above like a 7.0 for me it's yeah. a tight list right but this is the list um I, I have no hate for iridescence but it you know it doesn't spring quite as i mean no one faults that because like i think a lot of people put that at the bottom of their list and nobody yeah. faults them for it it's, yeah, it, it came, was like that came making, out at a weird time for them they made it in 10 days yeah it's actually a pretty impressive record <laughs> yeah like, after scrapping multiple projects that yeah. they were working on yeah yeah uh i'm gonna go ahead and say sat two ginger sat one okay sat three fuck sat three <laughs> iridescence no i love sat three don't get me wrong yeah but saturation one's just got like some real fucking bangers on yeah there, like, you can't you can't go wrong with like gold and gold shit. star yeah. bump fucking, yeah ugh, it's God, true so it's true and like honestly the funny thing is like saturation one it like i was the first record i listened to by them so like it kind of beats three basically by that much just because like just i remember got on your first yeah, listening to it when it hit it, it's like funny because i got shit from a co-worker because we're obviously like few years older than their current case, we're, we're like, not necessarily in their uh target demographic but when saturation one came out i was young enough to where it was totally justified that i would get into them yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah but yeah so that's my that's my list yeah that's good that's good um do you have any idea how you would fill out your top 10 while we're here do you do you have uh, any idea i mean i know i would immediately have to give good kid mad city number six just because i feel so bad about <laughs> not having him in the top five yeah sure uh and then behind that i could see cross by justice because i love okay. that record a lot really that much yeah, yeah that for much sure, for oh, sure. like especially in recent years like that record definitely came back into prominence uh man i'd have to look at my like records sure sure records. i i don't have a specific order for them but mine definitely gets filled in with untitled unmastered by kendrick just my favorite album of his um like clockwork by queens of stone age uh, i mentioned on the ride over here i that album is incredible and then two that i've already mentioned while we've been doing this list uh melancholy and the infinite sadness i love that record to death it's so important to me um and does so much for me and then uh narrow stairs by death cap for cutie is a record that i can sing by from like by heart beginning to end yeah like if you wanted me to i could sit down and recite the entire album to you right <laughs> uh and that that's one of the most long lasting records in my in my heart and head and then it's a real it's a big toss-up i don't know which one i would include but it's a big toss-up between either yours conditionally by tennis which i like literally bumped alone for an entire summer because yeah. <laughs> i loved it so much uh or um is it just xx by the xx what is their first record called i don't even remember i think it might just be xx but uh, uh, on that is, note which is one of the yeah it's xx by the xx which is uh such an important record for me i love those two those two so much i don't think the records i'm about to list like these are most likely doing the top 10 i'd have to like really 
you know. Yeah, long, I don't know what but, the place is for any of that looks like, but that's roughly my top five uh, or my top six through ten. Yeah. So what I already said, I said Good Kid, Mad City, Crossed by Justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have we give a spot to Joyce Manor, self titled. Sure, sure. Definitely gonna have to give a spot to Rodeo by Travis Scott. Rodeo sure, by Travis Scott. Sure, yeah, that's a big one. That is hands down like i shit you uh, not like might actually like i'd have to like think about it and give it time but that might be my number one hip-hop record like that record yeah i mean it's like the trap record it's the fucking trap record <laughs> yeah uh and then it's a personal favorite and i just love it so much but uh big international night school just because it's disco electronic it's little latin it's fucking cool mm-hmm. i love that record sure sure yeah Oh, yeah, it roughly falls in our our top ten. In case you're curious, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that brings us to the very end of this crazy adventure that you've gone on with us. We did it. We we listed our tops. Um, it's probably you know they're weird lists. Everyone's list probably looks very different. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think even still, for both of us, our list lists have quite a recency bias. <laughs> right, right. As much as as much old shit as you listen to, basically everything on your uh, list was like pretty new. Like uh, I think there are at least one, maybe like even with the ten that I listed, I think the earliest is like two thousand nine, maybe. Yeah, which yeah. you know, uh, nothing wrong with that. Well, um, I think a lot of that also came up these are like the albums that like you know like how our parents found their records into their adulthood that mm-hmm. they loved like the, these are those albums for us yeah you know what i mean yeah these these are the ones that are going to stay with us for a long time and the ones that we would be happiest listening to over and over forever were we stranded on a desert island so that being said mm, no because you still gotta remember when we do our fucking <laughs> I was uh, gonna throw it to you to do it. Fine. Oh man. Okay. So we're at the end of the episode. That's what I'm saying. If you absolutely must find me on the social media, if you want to figure out what I do, what I look like, things like that, be real <laughs> fucking like. creepy. Uh, find me at the Ghoulist. That is T H E G H O U L E S T on Instagram and Twitter. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And if you must, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Oscabriel, O-S-C-A-B-R-I-E-L. Um, I don't know what the next week of pandemic's going to look like. Probably just going to get back to shoot the shit, hanging out. But um, we might come up with some other crazy thing to do. I know, still, uh, if you really are intending, we want to do one more, like, project. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Before the end before the end of this month. I think that's going to be like something that you and I don't even know what that's going to be. Cause I have gotta, no idea right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got to figure that out. But we're going to try to do one last creative endeavor because we're probably going to need a end pandemic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At least whatever it is right now. Yeah. For a minute. Uh, which is justified. Your boys' lives are changing. and so Your boys' lives. lives. <laughs> Your boys' lives. Is, um, yeah, they're, they're changing. Things are, times they are changing. My lives, they are changing. Um, my life feels like it's the, the future of my life. It feels a little different every day, but for the first time in a while, I can say that it feels a little better every day, which is nice. You know, <laughs> yeah. what I imagine the future looks like is a little, a little brighter every day, which is nice. And I'll tell you about it eventually. You know what they say? Uh, I've been free to changing because I built my life around you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Time makes you bolder. <laughs> Even children get older. And you know what, Oscar? I'm getting older, too. <laughs> I'm sorry we didn't have Fleetwood Mac anywhere on our lists. I, I love Fleetwood Mac, but I'm a little too young for me to, like, know anything. Yeah, I, I, don't, like, I know, I've like, never, a few songs that aren't the hits, but, like... Yeah, I've never given them, like, much of a proper listen. 
A landslide for the most part is a is a fucking Smashing Pumpkin song for me. <laughs> Gross. Oh yeah. Okay. Now that we're at the end of this episode, I thought you were gonna say something about the Foo Fighters at first. Oh really? I was like I know Oscar's into like old alt rock, but like holy shit, if he picks a Foo Fighters record, I'm so mad. <laughs> then when he said the Mountain Goats, I was like, oh, I should have thought about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I figured he might have, but yeah, I guess he just forgot that how much I love them. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. I do love the Foo Fighters. I love Dave Grohl more than anything. The Foo Fighters. No, I love Dave Grohl as a person. Specific Dave, music, yeah, has never been like uh, much. It's never done that much for me. They put out some trash before. <laughs> you know what are you gonna do? Nirvana's also nowhere on our list. You know, there's a lot of holes. It's hard to pick a fucking list. All right. I love Nirvana to death, which is like funny because like a lot of people claim to love Nirvana, but like mm-hmm. I can wholeheartedly say like I listen to like their entire discography and yeah. like yeah, but. I also, it's like funny because like I'm hesitant to put them on any. Like they're definitely up there, but also just because I specifically love the record. Never mind, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For me, honestly, I, I think I mentioned this before. My favorite Nirvana record is their MTV Unplugged record. Oh, that too. That, that's yeah. the one I listen to more than anything. And like half of those fucking songs aren't even their songs. No, <laughs> uh, it's just fun listening to Kurt do stuff. I had a pee. I can tell. Yeah, you're fucking shaking. Hey, wait, this episode ended up being a fucking hour long, so you're welcome. And we'll see you soon. Do the thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, don't go outside. Stay inside. Do dumb hoes. Uh, don't go to the beach. And... Bye-bye.